Support for today's Heat Treat Radio episode is provided by Heat Treat Today's 40 Under 40 Class of 2023. Learn more about this award at www.heattreattoday.com forward slash 40 under 40 promo. And welcome to Heat Treat Radio, a podcast from Heat Treat Today. Whether you're listening to us or tuning in via video on heattreattoday.com forward slash radio, we're glad to have you. If you're considering making the leap to laser heat treat, buckle up. Nick Willis, metallurgist and heat treat supervisor at Emerson Professional Tools of Rigid Tools and a recipient of Heat Treat Today's 40 Under 40 recognition, shares how he led the company to look at laser heat treating for some of their induction heat treated projects. It's a fascinating story that includes the decision-making process, the transition itself, and the continued implementation of this technology. Let's join Heat Treat Radio host and Heat Treat Today publisher, Doug Glenn, as we hear Nick's story. First thing is, uh, welcome, Nick. Good to have you. Hi, thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. So i got a couple of things. Once I want you to tell the uh, listeners and viewers just a brief bit about yourself, but I've got two things I think I would like, well, one, one primary thing I would like to share with them, and that is you are one of our 2020 class of 40 under 40 recipients, which is which is very nice. Congratulations on that. And uh, I know we've inter- interviewed you before, but uh, we're good to have you back here. And if you don't mind, give our listeners just a brief history about yourself. Sure. I've been in the heat treat world for about five years now. Um, I'm the metallurgist and heat treat supervisor here at uh, Ridge Tool. Um, we have a, a captive heat treating department here where we specialize in neutral hardening carburizing, carbonitriding, salt tempering, uh, we do some induction hardening, vacuum hardening, and flame hardening as well. So uh, pretty mixed bag, uh, a lot of different heat treating applications here at Ridge. So um, yeah, pretty exciting. That's good. That's good stuff. And you're you're located in Elyria. We were talking about that just uh, just moments ago. So that's that's good good place to be from. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> Middle of winter. Well, listen. The reason we wanted to talk with you is because, uh, as many of our readers and listeners, you're a manufacturer that has your own in-house heat treat, right? I mean, you. I know you do some outsourcing of heat treating as well to some commercial shops and things of that sort. But the vast majority of the readers that we reach are people like yourself, right? There are people that have their, they are, they do their own manufacturing, they do their own heat treating. So we wanted to talk to you a bit about a decision that you guys went through recently to change from one type of heat treating over to another, another type of heat treating. So I guess if you don't mind, maybe you could give us just a brief background without going into what actually decision was made, maybe just a brief background on what brought you to the point where you felt like, you know what, we need to look into other types of heat treating. Well, this particular process uh, started when I was tasked with finding a way to bring an outsourced process in-house to our facility, uh, that being the induction hardening of this particular product line. Um, in, I guess, that process began by reaching out to different uh, um, machine builders of uh, induction hardening equipment. And one thing I noticed uh, when I started to get some quotes back was how much 
the tooling cost was going to be and what percentage of the project that was going to account for. Um, being somewhat new to induction hardening at the time, I was really taken aback by that. Uh, we had also seen some quality issues with uh, cracking in particular of these components. And uh, at the same time, I just happened to listen to an episode of Heat Treat Radio uh, that had to do with laser hardening. After I got done listening to the podcast, I reached out to uh, LaserHard in this case and started a conversation about um, learning more about laser hardening and if it was a fit for this particular product line. Mm -hmm. So you heard this, uh, you heard the podcast on uh, laser hard, which by the way, I want to, I want to just be right up front. That was back in 2018. I was just looking that up before we, before we started, it was a episode we did with Andy uh, Andy and Diana Wilkos and uh, was it David and Chris Learn from Phoenix? They're from Phoenix uh, Phoenix Laser Solutions and Diana and Andy Wilkos are from Peter's Heat Treat and they had just created a new organization. Actually, their fathers as well were involved creating uh, Laser Hard. So you heard that and decided to to check it out. That that's pretty. Sweet. Did you? Did, were, did you consider any other uh, any other possibilities besides induction, bringing it bringing an induction process in, or laser, or was it just pretty much between those two technologies? It was pretty much between those two technologies. Uh, these components, um, like a lot of uh, um, parts that require that that are going to make use of either of these two technologies. There's one area that we want to keep uh, ductile, and then we want a contact area to have wear resistance. Mm -hmm. So um, these particular components will get furnace hardened first, and then they go out for the selective hardening process. Okay. Okay. So that process, basically, if you're if you if our timeline is rough, uh, roughly correct, you you saw that episode probably in August of eighteen, and then just kind of give us an overview. What was the pro? What did the rest of the process look like? How long did it take? Who was involved? What were some of the key questions that needed to be answered before a final decision could get made? Well, for this particular application. Um... It just so happened that the specifications that we require um, were a good fit for the laser process, uh, namely case depth. That's um, one of the uh, limitations of laser hardening is uh, versus induction is that you're not able to get as deep of a case with laser as you can with induction. But in this case, that wasn't really a factor for these components. So there was some initial vetting that went on. Um, we were at, after that, we sent some sample parts to LaserHard that mm -hmm. they would have processed. Uh, it took some, some testing on that end to get their parameters set up and um, we cut a lot of parts up to check the case depth. Um, and then once we got that dialed in, 
we would have sent the parts or the parts would have come back here to uh, to rigid where we did some life testing. They, uh, we have a test apparatus that we use that basically cycles these parts to failure. Turned out that these um, met or exceeded the, uh, yeah. the life of the uh, induction hardened components. So um, at that point, we would have updated the drawings and uh, approved laser hardening as a substitute process. Right, right. You have any sense, Nick? Of uh, I know you you had compared it to you thought about induction as well. Do you have any sense? Was there any calculation done? And not that you need to share numbers, but if you're able, that's also good. Of what you anticipated the cost savings would be, either on a per part or annual basis of going laser hard versus induction. And again, if you don't have that information, no worries. Well, I can't get into any specifics, but. Um, in order to get any type of substitution like this off the ground, uh, it needs to be um, somewhat, at least cost neutral. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, and how about the maintenance of the equipment, laser versus induction? I mean, is there any other any other costs there that you can address or? Yeah, absolutely. Of course, like I mentioned before, the maintenance of the coils themselves is uh, something that you don't have to deal with with laser. Um, any type of specialized tooling for laser is going to be on the work holding uh, end of the spectrum, which that can be adapted after the fact um, to improve cycle times and things like that. Um, laser does not make use of uh, a quenchant. Uh, laser the parts self-quench meaning that the core material doesn't get heated up and is cool enough to quench out uh, the, the heated area um, anybody that's familiar with induction um, knows that uh, the quenching process is uh, can be kind of messy and um, needs to be contained yeah yeah those are all good. Those are all good additional uh, cost savings, I think. Uh, that's what I was kind of curious about. We'll return in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Don't wait to say thank you to a rising young heat treater that you work with. Fill out a seven-minute survey to nominate someone you know to heat treat today's annual 40 Under 40 award. The award goes to the young folks in the North American heat treat industry who are giving their time, talent, and education to make the industry a better place. Who are these rising young leaders? Likely your own clients and colleagues. Nominate them by June 30th via the seven minute nomination form at heatreattoday.com forward slash four zero under four zero promo. Winners receive year long recognition on www.heatreattoday.com and are featured in the September Trades Show magazine. We need your help to locate hidden heat treaters who discreetly work away from the public eye especially those who are operating in-house heat treat operations. Who do you think is a rising young leader in the North American heat treat industry? Type heattreattoday.com forward slash four zero under four zero promo in your search engine to nominate or learn more today. Once more, that's heattreattoday.com forward slash four zero under four zero promo. Now back to the episode. So, so obviously in induction or uh, excuse me, laser, laser won the day on this one. Uh, 
have there been other parts that you've looked at potentially going to laser, but have decided not going to do it? Yeah, we have uh, in Illyria, we make the uh, the parts that we make are our pressing tools, uh, anything that goes into or the pipe wrenches and threading machines. So with the threading machines, there's a lot of gearing and things like that. We've looked at some of our gears that we flame harden and they're a lot bigger and right. it's just not a good fit with laser. You would have to go tooth by tooth, which is gonna yeah. really um, increase your cycle times and, um, and those parts as well, you run into that issue with a K-step requirement. Right. Right, right. And, and for those who uh, might not know, because I'm sure there will be some on here that don't necessarily know what laser heat treating is, can you, in, in a very brief span, can you tell us what it is? So it's a form of selective hardening where, like I mentioned before, you want some of the part to have a hard case uh, for wear resistance, things like that, while the rest of the part keeps its ductility. Um, so um, in this case, you're using a laser uh, rather than uh, an induction field or a flame to heat up this specific area that you want to harden. Gotcha. So it is using laser for heat as a, to create the heat. Gotcha. Correct. And is it, you were mentioned, Part holding as being one of the things. Is this? Uh, and again, I don't don't want you to give away more than you can. I want to respect all the uh, you know the proprietary information. Is this something where you're you're are you spinning a part and and laser? Okay, so you're just actually lasering a a specific area. Correct. Now, can you do can you do with laser heart with laser hardening? Could you do something because I know with induct with flame hardening, I know a lot of times they're actually spinning the part as it as it goes, or they can spin the part. Is laser something you can do that with? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but then you're starting to talk about additional costs um, to build a machine, a, a specialized machine uh, right. to do um, the hardening process, which was for me, I wanted something uh, kind of off the shelf for lack of a better term. I didn't want a super specialized piece of equipment um, to do uh, this particular thing. Right, right. So in the decision-making process itself, Nick, did, I assume there were several people there in the company that were participated, correct? I mean, a team of five, six, whatever. I don't know how many. Did you, uh, did they require, did you and the team, did, did you require to see laser hardening be done other places or did you work basically just with laser hard and make sure they could prove the process? Or I guess my, I guess what I'm asking is, how much of a pioneer were you willing to be? I mean, were you willing to be one of the first people to ever do laser laser heat treating, or did you want to go see that other people were doing it too? Well, uh, there's a, a company that's pretty close to laser hard that uh, some of their products are laser hardened that have a, it's not the same, but a similar application. So um, I, I was aware of them, but um, 
and laser hardening has been around for a long time. I think what's made it more attractive nowadays is that the laser equipment itself has become more affordable. Um, it's it's not a new process by any means. Um, it's uh, I would assume that it's been around since lasers have been around. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do know I do know of a company that's been had been doing it for twenty years plus down in Kentucky. I know there's a there's a company there that has been doing a commercial heat treater actually who's been doing laser laser heat treating. So yeah, it's not all that new. But you don't hear about a lot of laser heat treating. That's why it's it's just kind of interesting to to talk about. All right. So one of the last questions here for you, Nick, is you know, you've been through the decision-making process. You've got it up and running. I assume you're happy with what's going on now. It's been a relatively, you've got it down now. It's a relatively smooth process. Absolutely. Um, yeah. We're, we're looking at bringing the process in-house in the next few years. So that's, okay. uh, I like to say it's a dream of mine to see, see it done here on site in Elyria. Where, so, where is it? Is it? Are you working? Are you doing this stuff at Laser Hard now? Yes. Yes. Okay. 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 I was thinking for some reason that it was uh, it was in house now. So okay. So you're thinking about bringing it in, which is which is interesting. So and and I think uh, it, looking back on the whole process of of moving from you know wanting to bring it in house, deciding to go with Laser, is there anything you would have done differently now, knowing what you know? That's a good question. Uh, I think. Uh... One thing that I really learned through the process was uh, anytime you're switching from a tried and true process uh, to something new, for whatever your reasons may be, um, it, it takes some time to get people on board. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, we had the um, setting the parameters with the laser, um, doing the metallurgical testing then the life testing, it wasn't a bang, bang, bang type thing. Um, you know, more and more people uh, were brought into the discussion. Uh, the commercial side has to be addressed as well. And, um, you know, there was, there's always um, some question marks when you're moving from one uh, supplier to another. So that, that took some time. So, um, I don't know if I'd do anything different, but um, I, I'd, I'd tell myself to be a little more patient if <laughs> given the opportunity. Yeah. yeah, that's that's probably a great lesson. Honestly, it does, does take patience, a little perseverance, because you've got to prove the process, right? You've got to prove it not only metallurgically, like you said, but you've got to prove it commercially. Yeah, it was about, I guess, from... Uh, the conceptual stage to when we actually were putting parts into the field, uh, it was probably about two years. It took. Okay. Yeah. Do you recall when you first started how long you thought it was going to take? Uh, I, I thought it would be relatively quick. <laughs> yeah. 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 Six months process turns into uh, two years easily, huh? Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's great. Was there any other any other thoughts in your mind regarding the whole process of uh, of that transition or laser heat treating or anything of that sort that you'd like to share? Sure. Uh, one of the we've touched on it a little bit, but a, a challenge um, that I've run into is you see success 
with one product line and you want to uh, see how far you can take it and expand it to these other product lines. So we kind of talked about how, um, you know, sometimes it's not a good fit. Like, like I mentioned with some of the gears and uh, larger cylindrical type components. Um, I think induction definitely still has its place. Um, I'm look, working on some projects to bring some of our induction parts in-house. Um, and in these cases, uh, based on case depth, uh, part geometry, things like that, inductions in, in some cases is a better fit than laser. So um, although in this one particular case, it made sense to switch from induction to laser, um, it's it's not always a uh, one for one type uh, switch. Right, right. Now that's that's excellent advice. Each you got to take each 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 uh, part in, in in its turn, you know, and figure out which which is the best process for it. So that's good. That's good. Well, Nick, listen. Thanks for spending a little time with us. We appreciate it. It's very encouraging to see you've got your phase diagram chart up there behind you. So that's that's always good. Shows your shows you're still studying. Sure. <laughs> now, I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for joining us and sharing your experience. Yeah, thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode with Nick Willis. Give Heat Treat Radio a five-star review or a like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podbean, or the website www.heattreattoday.com forward slash radio. And if you'd like to get in contact with Nick, feel free to email him at nicholas.willis at emerson.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-A-S dot Willis, W-I-L-L-I-S, at emerson.com. Or reach out to me and I can put you in touch. My email is bethany at heattreattoday.com. We love hearing what topics would best help you better run in-house heat treat operations. If you have an idea or technical topic that you want to hear discussed on Heat Treat Radio, let me know. Also, if you'd like to sponsor a future episode, let me know at bethany at heattreattoday.com. Heat Treat Radio would like to thank Heat Treat Today's 40 Under 40 Class of 2023 for sponsoring this episode. Nominations are officially open from May 22nd to June 30th, 2023. Learn more or nominate at www.heattreattoday.com forward slash 40 under 40 promo. This and every other episode of Heat Treat Radio is the sole property of Heat Treat Today and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without advanced written permission from Heat Treat Today. And I'm Bethany Leone. Thank you for listening.